Oh yeah, I am interested in that. Sometimes I do wish I was like shadier. Like I wish I was better at being shady. Sometimes, like I, I think I see these like you intricate. Can talk to scenes. Peterson's dad. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I can't even think of some of these like schemes that people come up with. Something it kind of it kind of makes me sad sometimes. I'm like, how am I not just creative? Hello, everybody. We are back at it. This is Threat Last Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Dorsey, and with me, as always, is my buddy, my friend, my pal, Kevin O'Connor. Kevin, how are you doing this week? Doing well. That's fantastic to hear. Thank you for everybody for downloading the podcast this week. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to us on Google Play, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. We appreciate all the support out there. Also, if you want to get at us in any form, please hit us up on the social medias, you know, at Instagram, at ThreadLabs, or on Twitter, at LastThread. Also, if you have any comments, questions, concerns, anything that you just wanted to talk to us about, any suggestions or anything like that, we love hearing from you. So email us at listeners at gmail.com. Wait, listeners at threadlast.com. It doesn't matter. No one ever emails us there. Nobody ever emails us and it makes me sad. Instagram is where everyone sends us stuff. Yeah, we get a lot of feedback on Instagram. I think it's like our age range type people. But joining us this week, we've got another guest on after two weeks without having a guest, but it is the first family member of anybody that we've had on the podcast. It is my wonderful sister, Kristen Dorsey. Kristen, how are you doing this week? I'm good. I'm excited to be joining you guys on the podcast. We're, we're excited we're to, have to have you. It's a whole different type of voice on here, and it's like a family member voice. So it's not something that we've really done on the podcast yet. So it's, it's new territory for us, but it's really cool. It's good to see you as well. We're on a Zoom call looking at each other and i guess i see my sister once a week because we have a family zoom call that we do like every saturday and just talk about how boring our lives are at this point in time kevin are you doing any family zoom calls with like your dad or your, your sister or any like stuff like that uh, we were doing family zoom calls we did a couple um then the second one we haven't done one in a while i zoom rachel my wife yeah or not zoom actually we don't zoom we facetime this is all the yeah. same i guess at this point <laughs> right um and i don't know how you feel Kristen, but i feel like we've been doing these zoom calls now for about a little over a month and we've all been quarantined for two months and i just feel like every every week on our family zoom calls there's n- not that much to talk about because none of us are doing it yeah, well, I guess that's why this week we're planning on playing games. To, that's to that's right. Up. Yeah, we're going to switch it up. We're finally going to do um, one of these, what, what is it, House Party, I believe? That yeah. Games and stuff. That's what we did, too. Or we, we did a trivia one. I don't know what it's called. My little my little sister made a bunch of questions, and we, we did that. I forget what that was called. Dang, I should probably <laughs> remember what that um, was called. But you have to do stuff like that. It's true because no one's like doing anything. So it's not like. Yeah. Like we have to do games because I feel like we've kind of run out of just casual conversation to really talk about because it's like the same week, everything. I mean, it's a little different, I guess, you know, with my family because everybody 
excluding me and my parents, has kids that they're dealing with through this whole thing. And I I didn't do a great job introducing my sister, but my sister's been quarantined with with two two little girls. How is that going for you this whole time? I've actually been enjoying it. Like the first, I would say the first couple of weeks were a little rough just because, you know, you're kind of like getting over the mindset of, um, you know, a whole new change in schedule. What is this going to be like? One kid who used to go to daycare three times a week is now not going to daycare. And but she's um, on the young side as well. Right. Yeah. I have a 13 year old girl and a four year old girl. So, oh, yeah. and, um, but once I kind of got settled into the idea of being at home and, that I actually get to spend time with my kids because I have a pretty fast paced life between, you know, just going to work and then dealing with the kids when I get home. I was like, well, I can actually take this time to to enjoy myself. So um, like, for example, on Saturday, I went for like a 26 mile bike ride, which I wouldn't be able to do, you know, any yeah. any other time. It's just like, I don't have to be home for a few hours. I can leave. Nobody's waiting for me to come back. That's a long um, bike ride. That's a super long, long bike ride. Right like that oh wow yeah and i've been i've been jogging longer so right. i've been and we've been baking a lot um because my older daughter really likes to bake so we've been just been picking out stuff to bake like every week i've been cooking a lot more just trying things that i haven't tried before um so i'm actually enjoying the change of pace not having to be anywhere um not having to get dressed i've, I've been in my pajamas all day yeah um yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's pretty, that's pretty standard. That's really nice to hear. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool that you, you, yeah, you're making the most out of this. You're, you're appreciating and taking in things that you'd normally wouldn't be able to do, obviously. And I feel like everybody in a certain way is doing that. I know for my working out, I've, I've gone through phases where I'm not working out as much and kind of eating a little too much. And then but there'll be like a week where I'm really focused on working out and getting back to that sort of thing. I don't know how Kevin's doing, but Kevin has a little better situation. He's got a, a, a full gym. Right yeah. Next to him. Well, I overdid it and I injured my back horribly. So I have barely <laughs> been able to move the past two weeks. Oh, really? Been, like, what, did, you, did you pinch a nerve? Yeah. What I, well, I herniated a disc like years ago and I, whatever I did reactivated the injury. And so I've been like switching between the ice belt and then this like back brace and it's been it's been terrible but it's getting <laughs> better it's finally getting better that 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 sounds quite awful um but that, that that's good that you're not driving or you're not being driven crazy by your kids because i've heard yeah. a lot of different things from different parents who are who are now have a whole new appreciation although i'm sure you already did because you know i'm our, our mother is a teacher and our one sister is a teacher. But I hear parents have this whole new appreciation for, for, for daycare providers and teachers after being going through all of this stuff and dealing with your kids all day, all the time. I'm not I mean, sure. You know, it, it gets, it gets to me every now and then, you know, like sometimes they'll fight and everything, but they're really close. So Actually, yeah. the 13-year-old will help out a lot with the four-year-old. They'll go outside That's sometimes, cool. and I don't have to, you know, I don't have to be out there with them. Um, so, I mean, yeah, they get on my nerves sometimes, but for the most part, right. uh, we're enjoying it. And then my husband, he works at night, but now he he only has to work every other night. 
so he's home more he's getting more rest so it's overall like it's been good for for all of us well that's that's awesome you you don't hear too many of these uh (laughs) positive stories about quarantine all you hear i feel like is the negative the people being pissed off with the people that they're living with um but not like people actually appreciating what's going on i will say we we did have to cancel our, our trip to japan but I, I, I got I, I got over that. Although every time they talk about Japan and, and everything, you know, it'll come up with the, when they're talking about the Olympics and all that. I do get a little uh, irritated. Oh, you guys were going to Japan? Yeah, we were supposed to go for about two weeks in April. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, her and her. It was going to be a, a really fun mom and daughter trip. Like uh, the first real big trip. None of y'all have been to Japan, like, either. Or anything, and they well, had. Gonna, this... It was going to be our whole family. Oh, it was everybody. Yeah, yeah. Even Michaela, the the, yeah. the youngest. I didn't yeah. know she was going on it. I wasn't That's... looking forward to the to the fourteen hour flight, but we had oh. gotten a nonstop flight from <laughs> um, New Jersey to Tokyo. Oh wow! Wow. So that actually is a, a it's definitely a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's cool. Are you all like trying to like replan going? over there or there's everything's just kind of up, up in the air, air yeah. right yeah, now I mean, for, for now it's just hard to plan you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. That's, that's definitely true um well just moving along since we're moving around this podcast uh yesterday was cinco de mayo yeah. y'all have any fun cinco de mayo celebrations or anything <laughs> Y'all make tacos like the, there's no the, there's a, but only so much celebration that you can do right now, and it's basically make tacos or margaritas at your house. But did either of y'all do that? I've never paid attention to Cinco de Mayo, so it, I you know, I, like I, my, <laughs> my husband posted um, a Facebook post, and he like he was wondering why all these people were out at the Mexican restaurants, and then it dawned on him that it was Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, it was Cinco de Mayo. I didn't really feel like a net. I mean, Cinco de Mayo is one of those holidays I've kind of always had a semi problem with, uh, just because it's it, it's basically like the Mexican St. Patrick's Day. It's like yeah, that's it's just it's- an excuse for kind of people to like drink and eat. And it doesn't really mean like nobody knows what happened on Cinco de Mayo. Nobody, I do, <laughs> I do not know what happened on Cinco de Mayo. There, there was like a battle. We should probably know that random ass battle that like it do, doesn't really mean anything that happened well, to us. <laughs> <laughs> like, because people are always like, "Oh yeah, Mexican uh, Independence Day" or blah blah blah. It's like, no, it's not Mexican Independence Day. A lot of Mexicans don't even recognize the day as being a thing, and I feel like I don't really need to celebrate Cinco de Mayo because probably on a weekly basis. I eat tequila or drink tequila, eat tacos. Right, this like, is I what do that like weekly. Cinco de Mayo is an, it's a the date observed to commemorate the Mexican army's victory over the French Empire at the Battle of Puebla on May fifth, eighteen sixty two, under the, the leadership of General uh, the General. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're putting the, to shame your Hispanic roots, Kevin. The victory of the smaller Mexican force. Bad. Against the large French French force as a boost to morale for the Mexicans. Uh, oh, okay. A year after the battle, a larger French force defeated the Mexican army at the Second <laughs> Battle of Puebla. So, 
So it's just something that we've appropriated and kind of made into this thing that isn't really a thing. I had tacos. We we got tacos and uh, margaritas. Um, yeah. I also had tacos and margaritas. I made the like we were going to support one of our local restaurants and buy margaritas nice. from the restaurant, but I kind of hate bar and mar then restaurant margaritas because they have too much sour mix, too much like sweetness and fakeness to it. Yeah, so I just made, like some official margaritas at the house. Contral tequila you only need five things for a true margarita it's contral tequila salt ice and lime that's you were you were actually the one that uh pointed or made me aware of that or kind of just made me aware of it of like when you go to a restaurant you order a margarita if they serve you a tall glass it's probably not what you want but when you get the short glass that's a good one it's a hundred percent not what you if they put it in a tall glass it means half that thing is sweet and sour mix yeah ever since you said that to me i always pay attention to that now yeah and it's true fun fact uh uh regular daiquiri is the same thing but rum without instead of tequila oh i did not know that traditional not your strawberry daiquiris that have all this sugar and everything also in it a regular daiquiri is yeah just rum in place of that tequila that's good to know because um my the next thing i wanted to try was making uh margaritas from scratch because i usually just get the you know the the pre-made stuff at the liquor oh, store yeah. uh, but i was looking at the ingredients on it and i was like i i know i can make something that's better than this it's yeah it's a lot of fake stuff and you don't need like contral but that was just the first orange liqueur basically that was made you can use any sort of triple seg basically oh. um and that's yeah all you need it's good it's got that sour bite and it doesn't have a lot of sugar in it which you know we're all trying to we're all trying to be a little bit better with these days and everything um i think we might take a little bit of a break right now but my sister is a lawyer so for her i was just about to say we never even properly introduced your sister it it doesn't matter we haven't properly introduced a single guest we've had on the show yet so i feel like we should have learned from that yeah well we're good So we have my sister on and she is a lawyer and she's done a lot of different types of lawyering, you know, over her life. She's she's working for a insurance company currently, but you, you, you got your whole start as a as a like a public defender in Orlando, basically, right? Yeah, well, okay. So yeah, give us, uh, I, I would say for the first like couple months, because I I moved, uh, I went to university in Maryland for law school, but then I moved to Florida right after law school. I, I worked for the public defender maybe for only about two months because I was driving so far to get there. Um, but then I switched to the county attorney's office for the county where I lived in. So the county, um, just like every county, every city has an attorney where if they're big, they have a whole office of attorneys to handle all the civil stuff so you know help 
um, look at legislation that's being passed, um, contracts, any contracts the county enters into. Uh, re, you, they have a lot of boards. All counties have a lot of boards, so they need a, an attorney to advise them. Any lawsuits that are filed against the county, the county has to handle. So I did that in Brevard County, Florida for a few years. Then I came back up here and I worked for the Prince George's County Attorney's Office for a while. And then, um, then I moved to Nationwide and I've been with Nationwide for five years. So pretty much what I do for them is even though I'm, I'm paid by an insurance company, I tell people, well, this is how I explain my job. You know how you have car insurance or right. you rent, you have renter's insurance, or if you own a home, you have homeowner's insurance. If somebody sues you, if, in a, if you're in an accident, your insurance company has to give you an attorney. So depending on what insurance company you're with, if you're sued, that insurance company will give you an attorney. So I, I basically just represent, for the most part, people who have been sued, who have nationwide insurance. Oh, okay. Interesting. So that's, that's a pretty good description because yeah. I, I, I just knew you were a lawyer for nationwide. I wasn't really sure the extent how all of that worked is it so you're 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 defending people that got sued how uh, how often are the people that are getting sued in the wrong is it like always i feel like it's always well here's the tricky thing um you, you have a lot of people who lie because yeah. basically what i do is is a lot of personal injury work so people who are claiming they got injured they were injured in a car accident or they slipped and fell at a grocery store or wherever it is. So I have to <laughs> represent the grocery store, the, you know, you represent fast food restaurants. You've gotten people that have it like slipped and fell at like a grocery store or something. I, I like have that. a lot of, I have a lot of slip and falls. I would say 75% of my cases are car accidents. Okay. But, yeah. I have yeah. a lot of slip and falls. I got not just, you know, any business, any most businesses, you know, they need to carry insurance. Mm -hmm. So if they have insurance through Nationwide, I could represent that business. So I've represented um, HVAC companies. Um, okay. Yeah. So yeah. just about, yeah, it's it gives me a lot of different types of experience. But yeah, got slip and fall. A lot of them seem fake. So to answer your question, <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of people who lie. I've never, I've never slipped in a grocery store. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if I did, I'd probably just like get up and just keep going. I hope no yeah. one saw. Unless I guess people I'm, super like, fall on parking lots all the time, especially you know during winter weather. Oh. So uh, I, I've represented a lot of snow contracting companies. Um, oh, you know, people who are contracted to come and clean the parking lots and. That my claim it wasn't totally clear. My, yeah, my coworker at my last job, he was sued by a woman who was like, uh, I can't remember if she was delivering something or just like walking across his driveway and she fell and sued him. But <laughs> he did like his, his insurance. So I guess that would be the same thing. Like his insurance just handled the whole thing. And apparently she had like 10 lawsuits like that or something crazy. So oh, um, for like suing people yeah, like that. That's definitely a hustle that certain people do. Have you ever came across somebody like that who this just looks like the, the person who's suing looks like the type of person that is always making these kind of like things. It's like 
always getting hurt, always like slipping and falling. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I, I've handled hundreds of cases over the past five years just with Nationwide. So most of them go to, go to, um, go to the lawsuit stage because either my client might be lying you know, and saying that they didn't cause an accident when maybe they really did cause an accident or the plaintiff might have caused an accident and they, they're not going to admit to it or they're lying about their injuries. So I, I read thousands of pages of medical records. Um, oh. I would say at least hundreds a week. Read a yeah. bunch today. Um, so how much time, okay, like how much of your time does like an average, like a case like that take? Like if you could put that into like hours or, or days even. I would like, imagine you have like multiple cases at once. Yeah, at yeah, several maybe. probably right, at one time. Yeah, I, well, I keep a, a caseload of 50 cases for the oh. most part. Oh, wow. So oh, they're wow. always in like a different stage. Some are like yeah. things that are just filed. Um, it can take like four to five months just to go through the stage where we're gathering medical records. I have to subpoena people's records because they're, you know, I got to see what prior history they have. Right. Um, so I would say I was going to talk about some of the surprising things I've learned as being an attorney. And one of those is how many people lie. <laughs> yeah. But just to give you an example, I had a I case that on a daily basis of just people in general. <laughs> That's but, true. Yeah. But but it, it brings out the worst in people when they have money to gain from it. That's true. Right. Yeah. But I had a case that that went to trial. Um, this was just a, a district court case. It was just before a judge. It wasn't a jury. But the guy um, who brought the case claimed that he was injured because he claimed my client ran into it, rear-ended him. So rear-end accident. And you're thinking, OK, the person who rear-ended the other person is going to be at fault, which most of the time it's true. But I had a witness who saw it from the parking lot and there was road rage and the plaintiff actually backed into my client to make it look like a rear end accident. Oh, my gosh. People are so crazy. we had to go to trial. And luckily, the witness appeared for, for trial, because if he didn't appear, the that guy would have won. But the witness even testified. Yeah, I saw it. I couldn't believe it out of my own eyes. The guy got in front of my client. And then he, he came to a screeching halt, backed up his car, and, and backed into to my client. Well, yeah. So I guess nowadays with a lot of people have dash cams and stuff like that. Does that help out a bunch? In, my in sister case? is a big proponent of the dash cam. Yes. I tell everybody to get a dash cam. You would think more people have them. but I need they, to get a one. A lot of people don't have one. And so I got one for each one of our cars just from doing this stuff because of all the people who lie. Right. But it only costs like about 120 bucks to get a good dash cam. Yeah, that'll pay for itself, I guess. You know, I see. Yes, it was just yesterday. Yeah. I, I had to drive. We're doing an office move at my job, and I had to, because of the quarantine and whatever, I had to take a bunch of stuff back home. So I borrowed my uh, grandparents' SUV, and as I was driving home, a police officer swooped in front of me to make a U-turn, like. It almost reminded me of like uh, a rookie driver when you like hesitate, hesitate, and then you wait to the last minute to do it. And I had to slam on my brakes, and I was just all I could, and all my stuff that I had in the back. Like, but all I could think of was like one, no one's gonna believe me over a police officer, and two, if I had a dash cam, like it would have just like I should I should have a dash cam. Like I need a dash cam basically. Yeah, uh, my my sister's been preaching this ever since oh. she started at Nationwide, basically. 
and I I need to get a dash. Yeah, cam. we should get dash cams. <laughs> That's probably it is something I can actually afford now because I'm just saving money and I'm not spending it going to restaurants and bars every weekend. Um, the thing is, it, it turns on as soon as you turn your ignition, so it it just comes on automatically, and when you turn a car off, it it turns off. Yeah, that's nice. So, Does that basically just solve the case when people have those? Like, is that just it? You can just put it in as. Yeah, like, I don't even I don't even see that case anymore. Oh, like, it right, doesn't yeah, even get yeah. to my desk because the right. insurance company will just take care of it. Oh, that makes sense. Oh, oh wow! Get a so dash cam. it makes everything easier. So that that's definitely a PSA from this. Yeah, Go. seriously. Well, yeah. I've heard yeah. I have heard some nightmare stories about that type of stuff. Where um, a guy I used to work with a long time ago had a similar um, one of those setup situations like that, where there was someone like down down the road waiting, like parked on a hill or something. So he would, and then someone else was there, so he'd come up and like hit the other person, and he had a dash cam. So luckily. Like they, they could tell it was like a setup or whatever, but I was like, man, people do some crazy <laughs> stuff for money and lawsuits, whatever. I've Dude. had people um, pretend to be passengers in vehicles, you know, that they were in a, they found out maybe their friend or whatever was in an accident. So they pretend that they were in, had been a passenger in the vehicle. They go get medical treatment and everything. And then they try to get money for it. Oh my gosh. No. That's oh, intricate. Wow. That's I, so even, I never <laughs> even, even think about anything. Oh like my that. gosh. That's I had incredible. one of those go to trial, um, and they didn't. I mean, they didn't win because as I kept questioning them, it was pretty clear that they they hadn't been in the accident. They couldn't come up with any details about the accident. So, oh, right. So when these things go to trial, you're just like grilling people, basically. It's like classic lawyer stuff too. Like, do you have to? Do you have to plan out kind of your 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 approach or or attack? at like the person who's defending themselves or the, or the plaintiff i guess who's pressing the charges and, and vice versa do you have to do you have to go into these situations with like kind of like a, a plan of how you're going to go about everything and attack the situation um yeah my the jury trials take a lot of planning um but the district court cases which are just you know just before a judge those are pretty much i mean I've been doing it long enough where I might take a quick look at the file before I go to court, but I, they're all the same. Like, so, you know, right. I can just, I can start to wing those now. Oh yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure you've seen it all, you know, exactly probably what to do. And, you know, man. Yeah. That's that, like also very sad at the same time that people try to just do that over and over right. again. I guess it, 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 it's, it, it's sad, yeah. but it, it's not, it's something I guess we don't, think about us not being lawyers, but there's probably thousands of people out there that are just trying to work the system in various yeah. ways and coming up with the different ideas and how to work the system. And a lot of that, like what, what percentage would you say are real like problems that you have to deal with as opposed to somebody like creating this just to try to like, make money? Um, I mean, some yeah, there's a good percent of people who are really injured, um, and it, it's just that their their medical bills might be so high that the insurance company just wants me to do all the leg work for it before they settle it. Right. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, yeah, there there are people who are really injured, but there are a lot of people who like like if Kevin, you know, if he were in an accident, he might claim that he 
herniated his disc in that accident. But right. if I were able to get his, his prior medical records, I'd, I'd be like, well, you herniated your disc a long time ago. So a lot of people do that. A lot right. of people, that then sense. that's Kevin, if you got into an accident, that's when you go get your injections for your back and you get all the treatment and you blame it just on the accident. Right. And some like people get back surgery at that point and they blame it all on the accident. So then I, I got to do a lot of work for those cases. Oh, wow. Could yeah. that work in my favor if I did have a prior issue with it and then I was like it re-aggravated the injury, the accident or something? Uh, yeah, it people do that too. I mean, I feel like I'd go that route. Maybe. But a lot yeah, of people yeah. will say that they that they hadn't they had no no herniated disc before. Oh, okay. And they're just trying to get a bunch of money from it for that. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. 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 And I guess if it was like Kevin's situation where he's just working out at home and kind of hurts his back and he's doing all of this self care or whatever, not hasn't actually seen anybody, but then like, <laughs> like he goes out to the grocery store for his grandparents or whatever, and then does involved. It, it. Yeah. It, you, you couldn't even, it, that's kind of harder to prove. And he might actually win that, even though he's making it up because he doesn't have this medical history or anything going into it. And he could actually skate by with it. Yeah. Which, yeah. That's true. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Hey, this, this is a whole, good to know. <laughs> yeah, this is when, a whole thing. When I would move... say equally surprising are the number of people who think they're telling the truth. Um, oh. Like I have a lot of people who, a lot of accidents where the plaintiff will say that my client ran a red light and caused the accidents, but my client will say, well, it was the plaintiff who ran the red light. And they might be, so they, they might really both think the other person ran a red light. But I had a case where um, the plaintiff was able, it, the accident happened around Johns Hopkins Hospital, so they were able to get the surveillance camera from the hospital, and it showed that my client ran the red light, but he was, like, genuinely surprised that that he ran the red light. Like, I actually think he he totally believed that he didn't he didn't run a red light. Oh, wow, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. That's just, like, a whole other layer. Yeah. You know, like, everything you got to take into account for. Have you ever had one where you find out the witness is just completely either wrong or just they thought they were telling the truth or they're just straight up lying? Any any of those? Yep, oh, I've man. had I've had like everything. I'm I'm just this brings out the the bad part in people. People make up witnesses. Oh, you dude. Know? So, God, I gotta get a dash cam <laughs> immediately. Yeah, seriously. I'm gonna get both. I'm gonna get front and back. <laughs> dash cam seems super crucial to everything going on now i know like it hasn't always you haven't always worked for an insurance company obviously and i know you you had some like interesting things that you dealt with in florida just even in your brief time you know your, your few months working as a district attorney what what was some like weird stuff from that like pre-insurance time of, of your lawyer career anything like interesting going on there um i did well when i when i was working for the county um not doing the criminal stuff but during the civil stuff there was a property i remember um like i guess everybody's talking about this tiger king thing but there was a property because <laughs> oh, i did code enforcement so code enforcement okay. is you know like all the the counties and cities and stuff, there's code laws that you have to follow with upkeep of your property or, you know, 
how your property should be, what you can't do on your property. Anyway, there was a property that was on five acres that had about 40 tigers and five lions. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So they were trying to figure out how to shut it down, but you can't just, you can't just quickly shut something like that down. Cause where are you going to move all these animals? So they ended up coming up into an agreement with the property where they were going to like phase them out because, you know, they had bred a lot of these uh, tigers and that's how they got so many of them. Oh, oh my gosh. So Florida. Did, yeah, did you have to, did you have to like unique to Florida compared to like up this way, but when you moved from Florida to, uh, did you have to like re to take the bar? How does that work as far as your like law stuff? Yeah, I took the Florida bar, and then I had to take the Maryland bar, too. Oh, man. Is that awful? Yeah. To have yeah. to do that advice? Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that oh, does man. sound ridiculous. Um... Because I mean, but it's and it, it's the same way I work in the mortgage company and to be licensed, every state has their own rules and everything. And you have to be licensed in every state specifically. So you have to pass a whole test. Yeah. But I feel like the bar is super hard. I do feel like the bar is super hard. Like, it is, but by the time I, by the time I took the Maryland bar, I had been an attorney for like a, a year or two years. So you you understand a lot more after you've actually started practicing. Gotcha. So it wasn't it wasn't quite as bad as when I took the Florida bar. Oh, okay. Okay. Because, okay. yeah, I guess there's like a baseline of law knowledge that you just have that is applicable across the board anyway. And then every state kind of has their ingressicities and stuff like that. Um, but, like, for the bar exam, is that, like, just something anybody can kind of take? You just have to pay for it? Like you don't have to go to law school to like go to the, like take a bar exam, right? I I get yeah. If you want to, sit <laughs> you want to waste bar, your money because right? <laughs> it's it's not easy. It's not an easy yeah, exam. Wondering, yeah, I, it can't possibly be easy. But I was just wondering if like people can just go take the bar exam. I guess they can. That. I never I never looked in. I don't know anybody who who tried to take a bar exam who didn't at least go to law school. Yeah. Is it yeah. is it like a multiple choice? Like how is it like an SAT? How is the bar? Like what is the bar exam? Because like yeah, I've heard about the bar exam, but I don't know what it actually is. How long is it? It's like in it, well, it's, a, it's a really long test, right? Or something. Well, you, yeah. you got to remember, I took it like fourteen years ago. Um, okay. So I'm from what I remember, it, a lot of it's multiple choice, but it's also essays. Uh, so they'll give you like a like a a a legal question for the essays and you gotta, it'll have like a whole bunch of different legal problems in it. And you gotta identify the problems and how you would solve it and apply law to it. And then the multiple choice stuff is time. So you have to, like you, when you practice for the bar, you have to, um, you have to practice being able to, to get it, get through all the questions within a specific amount of time. And it's oh, not wow. like a lot of time. You can't just like, you don't have time to just sit there and think about, all the answers. Oh, yikes! Oh yeah. <laughs> oh. 
So, but yeah, if you're not going to so. not, it's not even possible <laughs> unless you're just like somebody who's constantly reading law texts. In a oh, yeah. Thing. Yeah. Do you have to like cite like what are they called? The the like major precedents. cases? Yeah, the precedents and all that stuff. Yeah, um, I can't. I don't think you have to directly cite them. Oh, OK. Yeah. Man, that's terrible. Awful. Interesting. Very, very interesting stuff here. And stuff that, yeah, I don't think we, we really had knowledge about. <laughs> um, I'll say no another, another interesting thing, well, thing that I've learned is I'm, I'm like paranoid about a whole bunch of stuff now, not just like getting in a car accident. Like I, I totally follow the speed limit and keep my distance, but also other, a bunch of random other cases I have had, like I've had a, a house fire where like a space heater um, got on fire and, and you know, got the whole house on fire. So now, you know, we don't we don't keep space heaters in my house, even though the basement is cold. Oh wow! Oh wow! Yeah, I mean that's true though. I had a like case it. where people died from carbon monoxide poisoning. Um, oh. So I'm like, you know, got to go get your carbon monoxide detector. Oh wow! Yeah, I was reading all about radon recently and about how bad that was. And it can be like smoking two packs of cigarettes a day. But carbon monoxide is even worse because you just die and not even know it. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, the pictures were horrible. I mean, oh my were God. just next to the toilet in the hallway. Oh, I my mean, God. it was. Hey. It, it, uh, you know, so another thing is like we, we, we have to value people's like injuries. So we might say, well, what's the value of somebody, you know, losing a limb or getting a burn depending on where the burn is like if your burn to a woman is on your legs it might have more value than if it's a man and he's burned on his legs interesting um, so we talk about case value um what is it what does it mean to like lose you know certain part of your body in an accident or have no function to it to a mechanic versus to um oh, you right. know somebody who's not going to need that part of their, their body um, we value lives. Does does if you're if you're 80 and you die, how much is that worth versus if you're 20 and you die? Um, so it, it's pretty. It's a, it's a pretty morbid. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> profession oh, in that oh, respect. Super. But you make a good. I never thought of it, about it like that though. Like yeah, that that makes sense about the mechanic. Like if a mechanic loses his hand. Gonna be right. worth more than I don't. I guess losing a hand sucks regardless, but but definitely more than like a. I don't know. I can't. You know, whatever. Really, like some other position that does work with their feet. I, right. I, like, so I, I'm assuming you've had a case where you've had to basically monetize somebody's limb. How, how much is an arm? Yeah, what's an arm worth? Like, like well, that, that would, that I would be worth my arm right I, now. Let's say I lost my arm in just a weird like car accident or something i'm a 30 year old man good health all that stuff like how much would my arm be i mean that that would be worth a lot of money i would say i would say at least a few hundred thousand hmm. okay interesting right. what what, what, my arm. what yeah no <laughs> but you know but the problem is the problem is, is too, this is something else i wanted to 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 say to your listeners is you, you would only really get your money's worth if you're if you're suing somebody who has a commercial policy like let's say a truck company what what if what if you lost your limb because you were involved in an accident with a truck driver versus Tracy Jordan you know somebody 
who, uh, yeah, like if somebody just has, a lot of people have the minimum assurance that you can carry in Maryland, which is 30,000. So mm. you're not gonna get anything more from that insurance company than the $30,000 that that person has in their policy. Um, you, you can, technically you could go after the person themselves, but you know, like Justin, how much, how much money do you have above that $30,000 policy just to, just to <laughs> hand out to somebody? So wow, that's it also point. depends on, a lot of stuff depends on how big people's policy limit is, which by the way, you should not, if you can help it, you shouldn't carry the minimum policy. Like I have a $300,000 policy and that's, I, I'm probably, I should probably carry something more than that. Whoa, I need to, oh, I don't wow. even know what mine is. To be honest. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I have yeah. no idea. <laughs> well, any of that stuff. And now I feel like I need to really be paying attention. To yeah, um, we're getting older. Our limbs yeah, aren't worth if, as much. If, if, you own your own house, probably, if you own a house, you probably want to have more than a, at least a $300,000 policy. Wow. Okay. And I was just talking to Kevin about the, him possibly looking into buying his first house. So that's something yeah. to keep in mind, Kevin, as That well. is something to keep in mind, for sure. When you're getting your insurance and everything like that. So this, wow. this has been fascinating, fascinating stuff right here. Is there, is there any any other just things about being a lawyer that you like wanted to talk about that you think people should know about that you you don't, you, you feel like you don't get to express being a lawyer all the time that a lot of common people don't know anything at all like wait uh, I, I, like I have that. a quick question i have a quick question in between this question you said you had to look at pictures and they sounded horrible with the people in the hallway or whatever but do you have to ever have to look at like i guess you have to look at like crash pictures and stuff like that right like yeah have there been terrible ones i guess uh yeah i mean yeah there, that, there's been pretty pretty bad <laughs> is that hard to is that hard to yeah that's yeah a, i mean i don't i i haven't gotten used to to some of those that stuff yet but you know it's just it's just part of the job oh so. man yeah that's rough jeez okay. yeah okay. yeah that's like um Dude, that's like at, on the same level as you know any first responders to an accident. Like you, yeah. you have to you have to be aware and look at all of this stuff, and some of it can't possibly be. No, be I'm good. like extra squeamish with that stuff too. Where like I purpose like on the internet, I purposely if it even sounds like it's going to be a horrible image, I don't click that link. So I I know that's got to be tough. Man. Do do you do you work with anybody who it, it's different now because obviously like we're all working from home or don't have jobs or anything but like back when you were like in the office did you ever do you like as lawyers discuss the cases that you're working on and do like different people have more squeamishness to certain things and do people like kind of get out of the line of work because of this type of stuff? I don't know about that. I mean, I would say everybody I work with is, yeah, it's just something you have to get used to. So yeah, I, I'd say listening to some of our conversations, like if you were an outsider, you'd probably be like, I can't believe they're, they're just talking like this in su- such an objective way. So <laughs> like somebody losing a limb or life or things like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah, well. We don't have a lot of cases where people have lost their life because I only get a lawsuit once. I only get a case if it becomes a lawsuit. So the right. insurance company settles most of those cases before 
it even you know gets to me. So we don't we don't have a lot of death cases. Gotcha. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's I need to check my insurance thing about it. Yeah, I need to check my insurance. I need to check my. Uh, I need to go on Amazon get a dash cam. Yeah. Um, any other wisdom that you'd like to impart on people? Oh, I would say it's annoying when people will say, oh, you like to argue, you should be an attorney, or you're an attorney, you must like to argue. I mean, I would say most of the work of being a good attorney is just being prepared, because there's a lot of deadlines that we have to follow. Uh, There's a lot of research we have to do. Um, And half the time, you don't even get to the point where you're arguing things. So... um, yeah, I, I, I'd say that's like a, a minor part of, of the job. Okay. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, because you do hear that, like people that are just uh, kind of combative or always getting into arguments. People are like, oh, you should be a lawyer. You're always like blah, blah, blah. And that's not the whole thing, obviously. Although I can attest that my sister is kind of like that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> she, she she does go against the green a little bit, does – like the question people that this has always been a part of her question people uh, just about anything and like is isn't afraid of a, of a solid argument so it might not be a requirement but I guess it does help yeah <laughs> I, I mean it does help so, did, you, did you always know you wanted to be a lawyer because I mean I guess it, it's in your family but I mean, that, that is true. Our father is a lawyer, and she is a lawyer. I I don't think that I, I'm not going to speak for you, obviously, but I don't think it was always something that you wanted to do, right? No, I, I was a journalism major throughout college, and oh, wow. you know, wanted to go into that. But I'd say, you know, I did some school of Medill journalism, one of the most uh, pri- like just highest standing oh journalism schools in, in the country, actually. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Um, but I I didn't think I'd be a good journalist, so I that's why I didn't want to go into it. Oh, wow. After I did well, some internships. Okay, well I guess the reading and writing part translates over to law and things, or just you know. Oh yeah, I have to write a, a ton. So yeah, yeah. Wow, that's wild. Yeah, so that is wild. Um, anything else that you wanted to talk about being a lawyer? Or just any stories, any crazy things, any wisdom to impart before we get out of this one segment? Um, oh, I, I was going to bring up, I hope I don't offend anybody. You know, a lot of people will say that lawyers can be really nasty. Right. And I would say the only lawyers that I've come across that are really nasty that think that they can talk to you any way they want are white men above age 50. <laughs> so and, and not not all of them just just in general like if there uh, any experience i've had and it's always the same ones like we'll talk about the attorneys it's always the same ones that think that they can talk to you any type of way but usually it's the guys they've been in it before more women were in it or more minorities were in it and so they just they just kind of carry this uh you know this way of looking at the world as it revolves around them and people have to do it what uh, they tell them to do but you know as soon as somebody gets an attitude like that I'll you know I'll tell them um, you know call me back when, when you're not gonna talk to me like like that so nice yeah that that yeah. that doesn't sound like you but it does it, it does happen so I, 
I oh, hope I'm the, sure. Yeah. I hope the intern, our interns' bosses aren't listening to this episode because they are. They fit oh, yeah. that exact <laughs> demographic. And That's I wonder true. If the same way. Although they, I mean, mean, I've met plenty that... like of of really friendly attorneys, white men over fifty attorneys. I'm just saying when it is somebody who's nasty acting, it's it's usually in that demographic. But like I've never had like a female attorney of any age act act toward me in, in any nasty way. Yeah. Oh, wow. I imagine y'all had to go through something extra. You know? And I, I also don't want to offend anybody. Yeah, that's tough. I feel like that's kind of oh, a, a, a pliable that. across life. Yeah, I, I, I do. <laughs> like oh. the, the people that are kind of talking out of pocket, kind of being ridiculous, kind of talking in a way that like, like who talks like that? It, it's usually white men over 50 in any any kind of thing so obviously that would definitely apply to to being a lawyer but uh, this this has been really eye-opening stuff really enlightening talk and we're, we're glad that we actually were able to have on a lawyer to talk about this stuff yeah this is awesome <laughs> this is i learned a lot by the way i know seriously I, and i and i hope everybody out there did as well going to take a break So that was great lawyer talk with my sister. I hope everybody out there learned a lot about just different law things. I, I just didn't know a lot about any sort of law uh, information or backgrounds. And now I feel like I, I'm moving forward in the world more prepared, more knowledgeable. And I hope everybody out there uh, felt the same way. And we're, we're, we're closing up the podcast. We're coming to an end for this week but before we go we gotta hit up our recommendation segment a segment where me and kevin just kind of give a suggestion about something that we think y'all would be into that we're really enjoying it could be books movies tv radio podcasts anything that we're into and i i what do you what do you got lined up for the people out there this week kevin or actually no i should go to my i should go to my sister i should go to yeah. our guest that we I have guess. that's I the agree. polite thing to do Kristen, what do you have to suggest out to the people just something that you think would be beneficial for anybody out there listening right now uh, yeah, so I was thinking that you probably have a, a lot of people listening to the podcast that are, you know, in their 30, early 30s, late 20s kind of thing. And uh, so my suggestion is, is if you're in a job, um, get as much out of that job as you can in terms of like, it might be a job you don't like, but there's probably something that's advantageous about that job um, where you can, you can get something, gain something for yourself. Um, and just... As an example, before I came to Nationwide, I was working for the county. And it, at first, I liked working there, but eventually they, they had me doing something that I really didn't want to do. And um, I realized I needed trial experience in order to kind of like, you know, kind of round out my resume. So um, there was an attorney who was working there. I figured out who, who were the attorneys that had the, the most trial experience. 
And I started working with, with one of them, kind of like helping him out with his cases. And so eventually he's like, wow, you're, you're like such a great help. You know, why don't you do this, these jury trials with me? So, you know, I got my trial experience and he became a, um, um, uh, a, he rec- uh, what do you call it? Um, somebody who, a reference, he became a reference for um, my current job. So that was just the way I made like a bad situation. I kind of used it and got what I could out of the office to get another job. So that's that's my recommendation. Yeah, that's a great advice. Recommendation, um, and I I, I can kind of I, I kind of going through that with my current job. Like I love my job, but I don't necessarily. I hope my boss isn't listening, but I, I don't necessarily know if I want to be you know working within mortgages my entire life, but. I, I do appreciate and try to learn all I know about the, the, the mortgage process, getting a home loan, all that stuff, because it, and the, I feel like it's something that everybody will eventually come to at one point in their life. And it's not something that a lot of people are super knowledgeable about. And when I was first going through and getting my job with a, the, the mortgage company that I work with, I thought it was really hard. Everything seemed really foreign. And I'm like, how does anybody get a home loan? Because like all this stuff is really complicated and it's super involved and super detailed. All these things go into it. But now I appreciate it. And I kind of like like my job for if nothing more than just the fact that I've, I've been able to learn what goes into getting like a home loan and know about mortgages and insurance and taxes and everything that like goes into it where where i would have never known that unless i actually worked in this industry and it's been pretty beneficial so i can i can definitely i can definitely relate to that whole sort of or your 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 recommendation for the people out there this week um that that's really cool um definitely yeah i i, I too kind of uh relate to that advice with a previous job i had where it got to the very end where i was just kind of really really disliking it but yeah I took you know you take things from it and just having that good experience you get good references I had some great references from that job just because I didn't as much as I wanted to at times act upset yeah. or whatever you know keep it yeah, don't keep burn good relationships with everyone yeah yeah, yeah, don't burn yeah. it really that also goes into the test because you can hate a job a, a ton and want to get out of it it, but you don't want to you don't want to necessarily screw up everything at the job that you have to get the new job because the people that you work with like there's chances are there's some people or lots of people that you work with that you like and that like yeah. you and that you can carry into the future like if i ever was to get a new job i would you know feel bad about leaving my job but i wouldn't ever create something where my boss wouldn't want to like kind of pitch me to a, a different company or like kind of have my back if I needed a reference of some sort that I came from. So yeah. Yeah. I really, really like that advice a lot. That's great. Yeah. That's, that's really good stuff. Kevin, um, what is your recommendation for the mine? People? Mine is be careful of your back people. And if you do injure your back, which I did from overdoing it, there's a lot of Hills here. We were doing a step challenge at work and I've been running a bunch and I think the up and down on the Hills, kind of re-aggravated the injury, but 
there's a yoga video series on YouTube, Yoga with Adrienne, and she has a specific back, lower back video, and it's all, uh, I think it's like 25 minutes or something, and it's all stretches focused on like your lower back, and it feels amazing. Everyone should probably do it just once in a while anyway, just to kind of limber up, but it's great. So if you have any back issues, check it out. It's easy to, it's all beginner stuff too, so if you have no experience, it's very easy to just jump in. Feels good. Nice. Good yeah. stuff there. I could probably use that. I feel like um it's relaxing. I'm going to have some slight like lower back issues because like sometimes my lower back kind of acts up right now already. And I don't know if I need a new mattress. I might need like a harder mattress or a softer mattress or something. I'm not totally sure how all that works. But yeah. there there's certain things that just doing yoga in general as a practice. It doesn't matter who you are. That stuff is beneficial beneficial as hell. You work on your flexibility, which is great no matter what. You're, you're stretching. It, it, it's like some body weight stuff going on there. So I totally, totally back that as well. My recommendation this week, uh, I kind of didn't really have a lot that I was going to go into because... I just, I, I don't have a lot going on in my life right now. I've been working a lot. Mortgage industry is very busy. But my recommendation <laughs> would be for people to actually um, take this time maybe to learn how to make a cocktail. I like I was making homemade margaritas yesterday for Cinco de Mayo and everything, but I was like really getting back to basics and making an authentic margarita with your just your lime, your salt, your ice, your tequila, and your triple sec or contral, like whatever you're using. And it tastes so much better than anything you're gonna get from the bar. We're I know we're missing our restaurants, and we need to go back out and support them when they're open again and be ordering takeout and everything. But I've wasted so much money, I feel like, getting different, different like, cocktails out that you could kind of just make better on your own. And it's cheaper, and it's a good kind of skill to have if if you're entertaining people along with like making food like making drinks for people is something that people really appreciate it's a pretty easy thing that you can kind of figure out with just like a slight bit of practice and i i guess that would be my recommendation for people go out try to figure out how to make a cocktail really well during this time and you you'll it'll pay down the line and it'll be a good little party thing and something that you'll probably appreciate and you know whatever Nice. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. I definitely um, enjoy a homemade margarita more than anyone I would get out, which has all this sugar and sweet and sour mix and stuff that they just pour in it. That's not how a margarita is supposed to taste. You want to taste that tequila. You want to taste the lime, that sharpness, and then to play off of that with the the uh, the, the saltiness of the salted rim and everything. Those margaritas i made last night were better than anyone i would get at a bar so i just bought a shaker so i'm gonna try to make something i luckily have a shaker that my mom got 
me and I thought, did she get everybody in the family Christmas? My mom has this thing that she does where like there's a certain gifts that we'll get at Christmas every year that like everyone's getting. Yeah, I have a, I have a shaker too. <laughs> shaker is one of those gifts that like we just all got. But I, I like to use it and make little cocktails. It's pretty cool. It's a fun thing to do. But I think that will do it for us this week on the Threat Lab podcast. Thank you, everybody, for listening this whole week. We hope you enjoyed my sister. Big thanks to my sister for coming on the podcast. I yeah, hope you, you had for being here. On, and we would love to have you on some other time if there was more stuff that you wanted to talk about. Do you have yeah, a good time? I, you enjoy I, I was glad to be on here. And if it, if it weren't for the quarantine, I, I wouldn't have had time. So Yeah, that's oh, right. Yeah. It's just another... It's uh, one of one of those silver linings that we need to take out of all of our days being stuck inside. And we hope everybody out there got to learn something about the law, just everything that's going on with that. Because I know I I learned a bunch today and stuff I wasn't aware of. But um, yeah, and if you enjoyed our podcast, please tell your family, friends, loved ones, anybody that you would think would be interested in a podcast like ours about us because we appreciate all the support that we get from y'all out there so uh anything y'all wanted to say before we get out of here anything at all doesn't matter doesn't have to be anything sounds like a no all right so for kevin and for kristen dorsey this has been the thread last podcast thread last